Uh, hello and welcome to the JM podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're coming back, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Before we get into any details, I would like to welcome back Miles Webb. Hi, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> welcome me. Thank you. Uh, so today we are going to continue whatever series our series is series because uh, we don't <laughs> we don't have a particular like like movie style or whatnot. No, no. So, <laughs> so we're Where gonna go. That? Yeah, we're gonna go into our series with the 2008 dystopian action thriller film Death Race. So the movie was written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. He is known for directing Resident Evil, like the film series, and being married to Mila Jovovich. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So the logline is after being accused of murdering his wife, a man is sent to a maximum prison where he is offered a chance to receive early release if he wins a race competition called death race i received information from wikipedia imdb biography.com and the news wheel so we have jason statham as jensen garner ames you may know him from the fast and fury series from fast six onwards (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, the original transporter series snatch and the expendable series i would also like to say he's known for the movie or how i know him is from the movie crank oh okay yeah 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 a movie i never saw but saw so much advertising for it and thought that was such a concept i was like oh my god he has to do hard drugs constantly he has to like have sex or something yeah his adrenaline has to be elevated yeah um yeah, which I don't know. Somehow the concepts of that movie and this movie feel similar in that they're like good on paper and they sound exciting execution wise. Mm, questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Great marketing. Great marketing movies. Exactly. <laughs> uh, next, we have Joan Allen as Claire Hennessy. You may know her from Nixon, The Crucible, which I definitely know her from, Face Off. The Born Supremacy series and the notebook as the mom. Oh my god, she was the mom. Yes. Okay, okay. I saw I saw that in your notes and I was like, who was she in the notebook? Not Rachel McAdams, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. God, she does have a southern bell face. <laughs> I don't know yes. if that's I don't know if that's okay to say that somebody has a southern bell face, but honestly, she looks like no, the no, South. it's totally yeah, like she's very like has like a particular posture of herself yeah you know, like a poise. yeah a poise a tightness like a debutante tightness yeah and i remember from the crucible because i had to read the play and then we watched mm-hmm. the film and she was in it and i was like oh okay okay i have not i've only heard of the crucible barely i know nothing about it actually oh. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> sorry yeah, so it was- that- it was for the junior level language arts that I had to do. Yeah, that is when people seem to be exposed to it is like high school. And they're like, it blew my mind about it. There's gay stuff in it, right? Um, I don't think so. I think it was just like about like um, infidelity 
and like just like accusations and kind of like what's going on right now with like just people accusing like i mean i guess like their version of cancel culture in a way but with Mm -hmm. death and (laughs) okay yeah because it was basically it was a play um based on the salem witch trials in boston or like in um new england Uh and it was just like a bunch of women and some men that were accused of witchcraft and Mm -hmm. what they would do is that sometimes they would drown them and then they say that if they float yes um, which i I love that they float they're like they're witches and then they have to be killed or something yeah so it's you win no matter what yeah but if they drown then that means they're not a witch but then they died so that's what i mean like who what warped sense of justice who came up with that (laughs) and who agreed uh what's it called um the oh that that one group of religious people that came to plymouth oh the <laughs> the, i should know this off the top of my head like the product not the protestants were they the protestants no uh i know purists? nothing about religion puritans puritans Pur- is that it no, i think I, that's I, it. I, I can't i don't know i like i know they were yeah sorry anyway they're they're like the extreme religious people that yeah yeah. the term piety comes to mind being pious yes which i mean like i still am quite pious as a person like that like those that culture still resonates through america great let's move on from whatever i was trying to (laughs) say about puritans the crucible great that's where uh hennessy is from she's really just referred to as hennessy um anyway which is um, that? A close, never mind. It's a drink. I'm like, is that a, is that a, okay? It's a drink, but also isn't it, it's a car term. Like, there's, I feel like there's some uh like after production car. What am I trying to say here? Hold on, <laughs> a tuning garage. There I say. Oh, okay. Called yeah. like Hennessy Motors, and I feel like they take Mustangs and they make them more intense. It also might be they take Dodges. I should know this. <laughs> I just know that Hennessy is also known with cars. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I'll research later. Uh, next, we have Tyrese Gibson as Machine Gun Joe. You may know him from the Fast and Furious series. Uh, Furious, sorry. Fast and Furious series. <laughs> Fury? The Fast and Furious. I'm just a Furious. <laughs> a Furious. Uh, the Transformers series. And an up and coming uh, movie called Morbius, and it's the one of the Spider Man villains, like its origin origin story. Oh, he's gonna be hot in that. Yeah. Sorry, not to not to be like so, but he is. Also, can I say when they say in this movie that he's gay, not to jump the gun here on like yeah. hot stuff, but they're like he's gay. Young me was like. I was turned out. I was like, I'm sorry. A scary, strong black man can be gay? What? <laughs> ah! Like, that no, like really... he's not like, I mean, like, I would say, like, it's just like an intimidating, like, very confident, like, black guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. If this movie had one gay kiss, I do think it would be, like, the gayest film on planet Earth. Like, I think, I think. I don't know the gay. Do you think that the, the LGBTQ community would stand behind it? Would be like, yes, this is our anthem. Okay, well, let's. Uh, no, I feel like I need like a dash more camp. 
Okay. Like, I think if it had, like, a little more of just egregiousness, although it's a pretty egregious movie as in and of itself, but I think it would need, like, the gay kids plus more ridiculous costumes. Okay. <laughs> although, I don't know. Now that I'm... <sighs> okay, so I'm... <laughs> Death Race, gay. Death Race, gay. Yeah, it is. I don't like know what a I'm little to bit, say. like maybe it's like a closet of gay, like it's not ready to come out yet, but it is gay, maybe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now I'm like thinking about the men in it. They are all like I'm thinking about the okay Tyrese obviously, and then the other guy Joe. Mm-hmm. He's crazy hot. I have no point here. I'm really just like <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we all know that they're hot. Um. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I am pointless. I have no points here today. I'm just here to throw wrenches. Oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> to what we're talking about. Uh, next we have Ian McShane as coach. You may know him from Sexy Beast, Kung Fu Panda. He he was the villain in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caroline, I have no idea. And John Wick as the hotel owner, like the owner of that hotel right yeah thought he was al pacino when i watched it i was like i think that's al pacino which makes me feel crazy that i don't know exactly who al pacino is but i do not (laughs) i I mean like ian is kind of like a british version i guess it's their version of al pacino maybe okay okay because right they have they i feel like they fill similar parts like this part could have been played yeah, I mean, I feel like that Ian is a little more like kind of does like John Wick, where it's like more like upper, like um, upper class. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think with Al Pacino, he does a lot that has to deal with like a lot of vocalization, just like. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. A lot of vocalization, like, he's more known for his voice than his. Yeah, just a lot of, like, shouting, like, a lot of, like, really big speeches. Um, Okay. And then towards the end, like, recently, he's done a lot of very outlandish, like, characters that are just really crazy. But I guess because, like, he's he already got an Oscar that he doesn't need to work anymore type of thing. Totally, He just gets random jobs here and there, I guess. Yeah, is he still... Is he still like a big deal? Like, does that name still hold a lot of weight? Or uh, I think for Al, like, he's kind of like Robert Downey, where it's like, yeah, he he does get people into the movies, but like his like the recent films have been like not as good as Goodfellas or The Godfather, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but their the quality has gone down, but yes. they somehow bring in people. Yeah, he feels like he was from a time with different movies. Like, there were different styles of movies that he did well in. Um, but those movies are out of style. And thus, he is out of style. Yes. He hasn't changed with the times. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Bye. <laughs> Done. Uh, next, we have Natalie Martinez as Case. You may know her from End of Watch, the TV series remake, The Feuded fugitive oh fuck me uh the fugitive <laughs> mm-hmm. uh the miniseries the stan and the tv series remake the twilight zone 
Next, we have Jason Clark as Mr. T. Ulrich, uh, who is Hennessy's second in command prison guard. Uh, you may know him from The Great Gatsby, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Mudbound, and Terminator Genesis, like the Reese, not the Terminator Salvation, but the one before that. That is the only Terminator I've not seen. Yeah. Sorry, so I wouldn't know him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, all. like he, like, I don't know, like for me, like I've seen his face in a few movies. So that's mm-hmm. why I added him into the cast. And also like his character has like a little bit more speech here and there yeah. than like the rest of the actors. Yeah, he uh, he needed a little more character for me as just like, I mean, I guess he was filled the part of like guard yeah, henchman. Yeah, henchman, not man. Man, he is the henchman. Sorry, not to jump off the word hench. Never mind. Hench is a weird word. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's weird. Like, I mean, maybe it's like weirder compared to sidekick or follower. Yeah, lackey. Or well, lackey, like I think lackey is a weird word. Yeah, very uh <clears throat> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It is weird. Sorry, I just want to call it the word hench was weird. Go on, continue. <laughs> uh for backstory, the film was referred to as a remake of the 1975 Death Race 2000 in reviews and marking marketing material however paul ws anderson stated that he thought the film was a was a prequel uh he also mentioned in 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 another interview that the film takes place 15 to 20 years before death race 2000 even though it's actually set after 2012 yeah so he's saying death race 2000 took place in like 2014 50 roughly 2035 yeah. whatever yeah. um uh, okay death race 2000 was based on the 1956 short story the racer written by ib mel choir so the story involved two men driving a weapon enhanced vehicle and participating in a transcontinental race that awards points for running down pedestrians However, over the course of the 10 pages, one of the men is overcome with guilt for the innocent lives he has taken. Uh, And it doesn't really uh, state what happens after that during that summary. So I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But it states, stated in an interview that the idea for the story came when he observed a racetrack where he witnessed the crowd rousing by a particular a brutal crash that happened mm-hmm. oh. and the story addresses men's lust for violence as entertainment was kind of his how the racer is about totally which you know that is definitely death race 2000 it's like yeah. this exaggerated um idea that we just want to see blood and guts innocent lives taken because it's like not our lives yeah um yeah really i mean i feel like it ran with it or like kind of the exaggeration was crazy oh yeah (laughs) 
Uh, a remake has been in development since 1994 when producer of Death Rays 2000, Roger Corman, saw and like Paul's first film, Shopping. And when Corman asked Anderson what film he would like to make next, Anderson cited the Death Race 2000. And production was delayed by disapproval dis, uh, of earlier scripts. And it was originally written with the title Death Race 3000, where um, a group of racers race around the world in a futuristic hovering invisible and transformer cars yeah that would be i understand why that's so much more expensive but i'm like that does sound way more fun yeah i wonder i wonder if that was the case if they would continue with like the killing people gets you points or that point system yeah i don't know if they were trying to go like continue to go for that you know Mm. Um, it doesn't say, it just said like what the idea was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder because like that was my problem. One of my problems with Death Race 2000 is everything felt so spread out. I was like, there was never a ton of tension between the drivers. Yeah. Except in like very specific scenes where they were like actually on the same road together. So then that they're, you know, hundreds of miles apart. It's yeah. like, you're just driving. <laughs> what is watching you drive fast? Yeah, exactly. Like it. I don't know. And then also, like, they had, like, commentators that were just really excited. And I'm like, dude, like, oh. someone just got killed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, okay, that's where the exaggeration was, like, almost too much for me. Like, they were so jacked about people getting run over, which I'm like, yeah, I guess that's the culture. But I feel like the culture wasn't different enough from our own. Like, the society wasn't depicted as different enough for me to believe that. I was like, y'all aren't mad maxing it out here. Like, that's... no that's the society I would need to believe that you'd get off that much to people dying is like, you all are literally barbarians. Um, yeah. They were so excited. That announcer, the, every time he came on screen, I was like, he is on something so bad, like so bad. It was almost unbearable. Yes. I was like, babe, I'm scared for your brain right now. Like you yeah. are. And then like the ending when he was like the only one that was like, well, wait a minute. What about, what about the death race? Like, it was like, what yeah. the fuck? Like move on. Every, babe, everyone's over it. Obviously like we're at a wedding. We're not thinking about death rays. We are the Mr. President's dead. We're better than this. Yeah. He, yeah, he was way too, he was like, oh, the, the announcer. Yeah. So the original script for the mm-hmm. remake was written by J.F. Lawton, and he is known for writing Pretty Woman and Under Siege, which, which again is kind of like a very, like, very weird, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Like, he doesn't have a particular, like, genre that he just works with. Yeah. Wait, what's Under Siege like? Under Siege is kind of like an action um, thriller. Like it has Steven Seagal um, Mm -hmm. prior to him gaining weight and not acting well, um, where he, I think like he's like a captain of the ship, like this like Navy ship. And then like, it's getting taken over by like, um, I think like at the time, Russian terrorists. And, okay, it's under siege. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, there with you. And, yeah, and then it's basically Steven Seagal uh, 
trying to take back the ship. Okay. Wow, to go from Pretty Woman to that. Fascinating. But it does feel, I'm not like, I don't know if that's typical of Hollywood, but it's like you have one really great original script and then you are tasked with writing other things that are not as like baked or not as thought out or um, crafted. Yeah. Which, I mean, I didn't see Under Siege. I don't know. It could be really great. Is it great? Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it, but I've seen Under Siege 2, which was that one was when he was on a rare, like a uh, rail, sorry, train, sorry. Mm-hmm. He was on the Amtrak train. What is going on with my voice? <laughs> he was on a rail, no, sorry, train, no, sorry, a train. An Amtrak train. And I think it was the same thing that it was like, um kind of russian terrorists or it was i think this was when it was moving on to uh middle eastern as like the villains you know right uh because i think like the cold war ended by the time under siege 2 started so i think that's what it was um so they were like yeah new enemies okay yeah um yeah, that's yeah, and just to say this in Death Race two thousand, the the perceived enemy that like the uh, national media kind of made out to be was the French. Oh yes, fascinating. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that was like if that was just I guess it was speculative or kind of uh, a fictionalized thing, but I was like, that is so funny to think we'd be so against the French. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that like, we were against the French this entire yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like, what, what, what would we be against them? Like, <laughs> what are they doing? At this point, at this point in time, it feels wild. Yeah. Uh, like, I would get, I would get at this time, maybe like, um, I have no idea. I don't know. Was like Munich, did that happen around this time? Like the, summer olympics where these group of olympic athletes were being held hostage i don't know if that was the case i was in the i think that was the 80s right maybe in my mind that was the 80s and i only know that because we had to watch like the steve prefontaine documentary and i think he was a part of that okay (laughs) i think i know that was mentioned i know that was mentioned in his documentary um and he was like an 80s guy yeah, maybe it was because like there wasn't anyone to point the blame or like get mad at. So then they just picked the French. <laughs> yeah, they were like, wouldn't it be crazy? I mean, you know, it was this exaggerated world, this exaggerated future. Maybe they were just like, it could be anybody. Exactly. Maybe they should have picked someone more obscure. They should have been like, mm. and Antarctican villagers. Like, that's pretty obscure. They're like, yeah, we hate the penguins. Well, okay, 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 okay. In the future, Antarctica is like habitable, and whoever lives there is also the ultra rich they've built. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Okay. 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 Hmm. That's a movie. Sorry, I'm gonna go write that really quickly. <laughs> Antarctica. <laughs> we open on Antarctica three thousand and one. Okay. Wait. Am I obsessed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Great. Uh. So. There was a turnaround occurring following a dispute between Paramount Pictures and the producer duo Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner. 
And this led to the infamous breakup with Cruz and Paramount Pictures because for a while he's always worked with them. And then mm-hmm. at this time, um, I think it was like in the mid 2000s, he broke ties with them. And all I remember was that it was like a huge thing because like, I guess like he would always have like first looked with them. Or like okay. have like a kind of I don't know if it was like an acting contract, um, or what, but he had like first dibs with yeah. um Paramount Pictures, and also Cruz was originally going to play the lead, mm-hmm. um, with Paula producing. However, mm-hmm. it not it never got off the ground, and Cruz wasn't happy with the first three drafts of the script. And once Paramount and Tom Cruise broke up, Universal immediately acquired the rights to the film. And Cruise and Wagner then came back on as producers, this time with Paul Anderson writing and directing. Um, And in in April 2007, Jason Statham entered negotiations to start in the movie and production began later that summer, lasting about 50 days. Oh, wow. So, okay, this was like a, that's kind of a fast turnaround. It was released in 2008. Do you know when it was released? Yeah, it was released in 2008. But like when, in, like late in the year? Uh, I think it was... It's giving me summer blockbuster. Yeah, August uh, 22nd. So like wow. towards the end of like the blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was so fast. I think it feels like that because the editing did not feel super sharp. Didn't feel super. No. Yeah, I think it, was, it was just like cut here, cut here, cut here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough. You you have a sense of what's happening, period. Done. Thank you. Next scene. Um yeah. Okay. Uh, a total of 35 cars were used during the shoot. Um, they were constantly being repaired by a team of 85 mechanics, and it took six weeks per car for the mechanics and fabricators to put the racers together and get them ready for the track. Um, and the cars include a 2006 Mustang GT, a 2007 Dodge Ram 3. 3500 sorry uh a 1980 porsche 911 a 1989 jaguar xjs and 1989 bmw 735i which i never saw in the movie no. i will say didn't see that at all no uh a 1966 buick riviera also not seen two- no maybe yeah. seen yeah sorry a 2006 Chrysler 300C, mm-hmm. uh, okay. 1972 Buick R- Riviera Boat Tail. Sure, sure, sure. And the 1979 Pontiac Trans Am. God, yeah, what American, like not American, but just like muscle cars. Yeah. <laughs> Except that Porsche. I will say that Porsche was my favorite. Just yeah. to like jump in. It looks so cute. I was like, I would drive that around. I would, I don't know, off road. It looked like an off roading Porsche, which is like this, it's not a new thing, but it's kind of, it's captured my attention lately. Um, yeah. 
So I loved seeing that 911. I was like, that was hot. That was cute. It was great. Yeah. I mean, for me, like 911, because like it's like Porsche's like literally like sole car for like a oh, very yeah. long time. And then now they like spread out to like SUVs and like, mm. you know, um other uh cars. <laughs> totally, yes, yes, yes. They have a full lineup at this point. But the 911 is like that's the shape. That is the shape they're going yeah. off of. That is their like that's that's, that's like that's like their main like target or like their like big um hot topic item yeah literally like for lawyers like whenever i see one i'm like you are a lawyer if you drive a porsche 911 yeah or a doctor you're a lawyer or a doctor yeah that is true because the person that i walk dogs with has a porsche and she's a lawyer so that at this oh my god sense. Uh, but she's very a nice. A Porsche. She's mm-hmm. very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lawyers can be nice too. Hot take. <laughs> they're cool. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. Each car cost an estimated two hundred thirty. Wait, sorry, two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. And <laughs> four tons of am- a blank ammo were used during the making of the movie. And in order to get into perfect shape, Jason Statham trained for three months with an ex-Navy SEAL officer, and he trained to the point where he lost 14 pounds of body fat, apparently, because he said that he went from 20% body fat to 6% body fat, so it was like a 14% that isn't it unsafe to have that little body fat in my mind it's like eight to twelve percent i don't know why that number is in my head (laughs) and i don't think anyone's gonna fact check this for us but i'm like that feels just a little too low yeah i mean also like like, he didn't look like he needed to lose more body fat like i thought that he looked fine (laughs) well you didn't see him before he was probably like I mean, maybe he maybe he was insecure. Maybe he needed. <laughs> I think that was it. He was like, "I'm too insecure. I need to be six percent, fourteen percent is too much." Hmm. I mean, he is. Yeah, he is a body. He is a a body and a bald head. Yes. Yeah. I like his bald head. I don't know. Like, there's something in that. Like Jason Statham's bald head. Like the power that has. Honestly, like he he doesn't look horrible. Like he's like he's kind of like Bruce Willis. Like he can have hair and then he cannot have hair. Like they have I, like that face. Wait, have you ever seen Jason Statham with hair? Yeah. Wait, and what? Uh, I think it was in Snatch, and then I think he also did this one movie where he had to wear like a headpiece. Okay. But he was kind of like Bruce Willis, where he looked fine either way. I cannot imagine him in a hair. Like, I'm going to, you know, after this, I'm going to maybe look him up and be like, is that okay for me? I don't think I like it. I think I'm like, well, maybe it's just because I don't know him without it. It's like Vin Diesel with hair. Also kind of weird for me. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, he is someone that it's better bald than yeah. with hair. Maybe it's maybe it's just the shape of the head. Maybe it's something. There's well, yeah, he's a very he's a very like blocky head. Yeah, 
I suppose it's very chiseled and like with hair, I don't know, it almost like I think the balance would be off in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I feel Hmm. like that there there should be a study about this. Like what makes like someone like be able to have hair and no hair and be totally fine, you know? Like there's yeah well there's i know they have like those ratios of faces like there's that golden ratio of like your eyes are this far apart from your mouth or whatever um and i feel like there should be something where it's like would you look okay bald boom 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 ratio How, wow what a statement so despite drawing mixed reviews from critics it gained back their budget uh which they stated that it was 46 to 65 million mm-hmm. and grossed to 75.6 million and since the film, there have been two direct-to-video prequels that followed, which was Death Race um, something, I forgot. <laughs> I, I think it was, yeah, Death Race 2, uh, which was in 2010. Death Race, mm-hmm. Death Race 3, Inferno, which was 2013. And there was a fourth film that was a direct-to-video sequel, which is Death Race Beyond Anarchy, and that was in 2018. And in terms of Death Race 2000, there was a direct-to-video sequel called Death Race 2050, also in 2018. Wow. Oh, wow. So I mean, I'm now more interested in that sequel, like Death Race 2050. That's yeah. I think I, that I, it's going to be horrible. But have you watched? You've not watched it? No, I haven't. But I saw the poster of it, and it's very mm. like it kind of looks like a low budget B movie in a way. Oh, but but like Roger Corman is known for doing a lot of B movies and like very low budget mm. films. So maybe yeah. like it would be fine for people who like Roger Corman's works. Okay, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how Death Race 2000 felt, like a really cheap B movie. Corners were cut here, there, everywhere. Yes. <laughs> they only used Bakersfield as their shooting location, which was nuts. They were like, oh, they're driving through Pennsylvania. I'm like, no, they're not at all at all they're on the 60 freeway shut the fuck up (laughs) honestly that whole i could not unsee it i was like you're just in like outer california you're in exactly exactly that was so speaking so speaking of death race 2000 Mm -hmm. um so we're not going to talk about like death race 2000 in terms of the summary we're just kind of going to compare and contrast with the 2008 film that we saw so the Death Race 2000 had drivers, um, up to five people, uh, have a race uh, from coast to coast. So they started in, I think, like New York or Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then they like had to cross all the way to new Los Angeles. And each of them have like their own paths that they choose. So they don't all go to the same path. Like each of them go to different areas with, I think, two stops, one in Little Rock and then I think one in Vegas or. I forgot where they were, but yeah, they do have, they have two pit stops, which I'm like, what, how are they? Like, I, I, just, I don't know. 
like the 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 details of how people win this race also confuse me i'm like is it all point based is it who gets there first like i'm no i, I think guess- it was i think it was more of like who makes it there and then also who um gets however many points so i guess like if both of if there's two racers that make it to the finish line then it's who, who killed more people okay exactly. that does make sense that does make sense well, you know again this like tension like the the tension was not there for me because they were again so far apart it was, did not feel like a race there was never this moment of like who will be there first it was just no. like uh, they are driving yeah uh, okay. Uh, New Los Angeles, <laughs> which just looked like a power plant somewhere. When they actually got there, it was like it looked building. like they were outside of a Sears mall. That was literally what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, like yeah, like a, an old mall. It's weird. It looked old even when it was probably in use. Yeah. <sighs> no budget, babe. No budget. All practical locations. Woof um so death race uh was created after the world crash of 79 which was a massive civil unrest and economic ruins occur occur and the government was restricted to a totalitarian regime under martial law and the president was an evangelistic like speaker called mr p uh, Mr. President, which LOL. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, to pacify the population, the government has created a transcontinental road race where a group of drivers race across the country in their high-powered cars, which is known for violence, score, and striking pedestrians for bonus points. So for women, it was 10 points. For teens, it was 40. Toddlers, 70 and elders 100 well uh, which says i like i don't know they didn't hit any toddlers <laughs> can i just say yeah and like they and, tried to hit a baby but it turned out to be a bomb so yeah and i don't know people were so they were out in like the you know country for most of the movie and so i'm yeah. like there are no people out here yeah <laughs> Sorry, just like whatever. Not ever. Instead of ten racers, there were five. So they did have Machine Gun Joe, who was played by Sylvester Stallone. That was a that was a shock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you have Calamity Jane, who is this cowgirl. Then Matilda the Hun, who is this neo-Nazi that proudly garnered the swastika on her helmet yeah that felt that was notable from the get-go it was yes. like okay it was 30 years after and we're like they were jo- not joking about it but like kind of using it flippantly that was shocking yeah yeah who knew <laughs> yeah Ooh. uh next we have nero the hero who is a roman gladiator uh and then you have frankenstein who has been known for having near-death accidents but yet somehow miraculously survive after surgery and it turns out that he has a mask that looks like his face is disfigured but then it turns out that he's like a completely normal looking guy (laughs) yeah spoiler alert he's beautiful (laughs) like 
<laughs> he takes it off and he's like, I'm actually handsome. Not really, but that was what a weird, what a weird reveal. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, the main character is Frankenstein because they brought him back from the dead and his arm was surgically engineered to switch gears in under a second which is like okay what a fun fact what a fun fact that was said and really never used or like made use of at all yeah and funny part they blamed the french for the deaths of some of the writers because some of the writers would get killed as a result of like the anti-race um mm-hmm. and they would just blame the french yeah when the rebel forces would uh, sabotage the race they'd be like oh those french they did it again um which is kind of interesting because french historically revolutionary they are known for being rebels interesting so in terms of the summary uh it starts with this kind of black screen ish with like an engine running and such and then just a bunch of tile titles saying in 2012, the United States economic, or yeah, the United, the, I can't fucking talk. Okay, so in. <clears throat> warm it up, warm up the voice. Okay. Do some like, me, my, mo, may. Me, my, mo, may. Moo. Moo. Thank you. <laughs> you gotta do the whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Uh, so yeah. It starts with, in 2012, the United States economy collapses, unemployment hits a record high, uh, and crime rates spirals out of control to the point where prison systems reaches a breaking point. Now, co- private corporations now run all correctional facilities for profit, and one of them is called Terminal Island, and it starts to stream a series of cage fights live on the internet. Um, and it's basically prisoners fighting to the death, creating a raiding sensation. Uh, they are the new gladiators and Terminal Island is their coliseum. However, like ancient Rome, the audience soon become bored, causing death race to be born. It then cuts to Frankenstein participating in a race with other inmates. Um, Each car are equipped with heavy armor, machine guns, and other necessary items like any defense, ammo, uh, shield, whatever. Uh, With Frankenstein in the lead, he is getting hit hard with machine gun Joe's bullets, uh, also, nah. the voice of uh, Frankenstein is horrendous because it kind of, I don't know if you heard about it, but it, it just sounded very bad ADR. I don't, it's weird. I feel like I do remember it subconsciously, but I couldn't tell you what it sounded like specifically. Yeah. Well, like, for good me, answer, yeah, for me, like it, it was kind of like, they just like splice it from like something that he said in other movies and then they're like okay we'll just we'll just do it like that you know oh that's gross but it was the original actor like the original frankenstein from uh, death race 2000 yeah it was the original actor uh his name is david carradine uh he was the he was bill and kill bill so he's like the old guy what well, that's a fun fact yeah wow 
oh my gosh, now thinking about Death Race 2000, I'm like, that's Bill. Oh, it's so, yeah. Wow, sorry. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, he notes to his partner named Case uh, to use a tombstone. And it's this like heavy armor at the boot of the truck, like the car that they're driving. And he kind of is like counting down, being like, okay, on three or whatever, like release the tombstone. And then on three, she releases it to hopefully um, hit Machine Gun Joe. And he, he does. However, it doesn't really save him time. He still can't make it uh, to the finish line without basically dying with his gas tank exposed for like an explosion or something frankenstein states that he will still try to make it to the finish but case believes that he isn't so then she releases herself with kind of like a like an airplane uh emergency an ejector seat yeah Mm. and she releases herself she ejects her out of the car and Tyree sends one of his RPG missiles to Frankenstein, causing it to explode before it ends um, to the finish line. And six months later, Jensen, who is just finishing a job at a steel mill, and basically when we meet him, it's his last day because the steel mill is going to close for good. And after receiving $300 for the 120 hours of work that he did, um, the SWAT team arrives and takes down the workers, thinking that they're going to cause a riot, but they're not. Um, So Jensen arrives back at his apartment to greet his wife, uh, which is kind of Mm. funny because some of the dialogue is really bad, and I did note it. So she states mm. you're a good man jameson ames <laughs> mm. what a classic american line though like that is that's what you want to hear from your spouse yeah growing up in america you're like i am a good man <laughs> ultimately i'm a good boy am i a good boy like you know it's yeah uh just as it was getting hot and steamy because like they're about to like do it on the kitchen counter a baby cries through the baby monitor and then it was like no my dick got blocked <laughs> yeah baby dick block baby yep <laughs> uh so jensen goes upstairs or like into the hallway to check on the baby but as his wife uh was thinking of going crazy with a blue ribbon beer because she's like why not <laughs> I hated that. But that was like that was like too much. It's yeah. Like, okay, you're savoring one single beer. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Also, it's not that grave a beer. Like it's no, no. It's like that. I don't know. That was that was just over the top. That was the over the top yeah. exaggeration. This is how bad America is. You're waiting to drink a blue ribbon. It's, it was too much. Heavy handed. Yes. Uh, so as she closes the door and turns around, she is confronted by an unknown man in a mask. 
and Jensen comes back to the kitchen because somehow he didn't hear any screams or anything at all. <laughs> he was in the shower after getting a perm. Yeah. He didn't hear the gunshot. <laughs> Sorry, he was so focused on the wet teacher t-shirt contest. Like he, he was having with himself. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so he comes back to the kitchen, but he gets maced by the same guy. And when he wakes up, two policemen are in his kitchen ordering Jensen to drop the knife. And then he soon realizes that his wife has been stabbed to death and he's holding a weapon with blood all over him for some yeah. reason. Well, I gotta make it look realistic. Whoever I mean, set him up. I mean, it was kind of like it kind of looked like ketchup in a way. <laughs> like totally, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Usually you have on hand. Yes. <laughs> the victim's blood or ketchup. It's just all the same. <laughs> uh, so Jensen is then sent to Terminal Island to serve a life sentence. And the next day, Coach and his friend Gunner and List wonder what the new guy is here and what is he doing. Uh, so Coach is this like kind of old wise man in a way, while Gunner is kind of like this like very rugged but nice um, guy. And then Liz is like kind of like one of those shy but very smart people that are really good with like information. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like what each of their crimes were because I feel like they align to their personalities oh, yeah. more or less. Like was Liz's specifically like embezzlement? Not no, he he murdered his abusive mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think um, Gunner kind of did like a similar thing. I think either to like a cop or to another person. And I think like with Coach, like I think he just did like a bunch of crime, and it was kind of probably one of those three strike rules. Mm. Okay. So Liz states that Jensen was a famous driver when he was younger before he, I'm assuming that he started, you know, falling out of like the whole driving fame or something like that. I'm just, was he like his age and like, was he a go-kart racer? Like, is that what kind of driver he was? Well, I don't, I don't think he was a NASCAR racer. I think that. Like, I don't know if it was one of those, like, derby cars. Not the not the go-kart ones, but, like, the ones that look like regular cars, but you just drive Motocross. Around. I think it's called moto- autocross? No, autocross is it. Yeah. Motocross is motorcycles. But, yeah, autocross. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, like, they... I know they didn't choose Jason Statham. Jason... <laughs> I can't say his name. <laughs> Jason Statham first. But I feel like using the knowledge that he played uh, the transporter, they were kind of like, people associate him with driving. Like, this yes. is what a driver looks like, Jason Statham. Which, yes. a bald, ripped man, I guess, yeah, it does look like you could handle a car pretty well. Yeah. Like, I think, like, it's just, like, if you have a bald head, you might be good at driving. <laughs> fascinating okay yeah because like look yeah. like think about it like vin, Dis- vin diesel and then you got the rock yeah wait do we really associate baldness with like driving ability maybe 
maybe we just like became on purpose and then we're like oh there's so many bald guys it might just be a stereotype (laughs) yeah hollywood at least is like bald men can drive (laughs) 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 sorry just like pause on that bald men can drive yes done that's it that's the statement of the day for me (laughs) so while having breakfast a guy named Plachenko confronts Jensen and he says, so you're the wife killer. And then he's kind of be very in- intimidating to Jensen. And before Plachenko can hit him, Jensen hits Plachenko with his tray. Like he kind of just like takes a tray and then like hits him. Yeah. And after, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, cause Plachenko is huge. So yeah. there's no way it was if it was one on one it wouldn't happen. He needed uh, an accoutrement to affect him. Yes, I mean he's a short guy who's bald like that. <laughs> again, I mean again, I wouldn't say short, bald. but like not. He's, he's actor sized. He's actor sized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't say he's like over six feet. He's like absolutely not. He is five seven. Period. Yeah. If he is anywhere other than five seven, I'm shocked. So um, after the fight and after the guards um, kind of like stop everything, Jensen is sent to the prison ward, uh, Claire Hennessy, who offers him a deal if he competes in the death race as Frankenstein, because Frankenstein's dead and they need a replacement. Um, and he wins all the three races of the competition. And since Frankenstein won his fourth race the last time that he will be released from prison because it's kind of like if you win five competitions you get to be released go ahead (laughs) no no i mean those odds are just crazy it's like you have to survive 15 races i guess you got a life sentence whatever yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, she sends him to Gunner, Coach, and List, who tell Jensen that he is here because the prison the prison profits are going down since Frankenstein has been gone for six months. Uh, so Coach also tells Jensen that he will be given a navigator called Case. However, he cannot meet with her earlier before the race because she's from a different prison, and also they don't want um, them to have sex, basically. That was kind of like <laughs> the subtle, like, oh yeah, like you have a bunch yeah. of men, like. Mm-hmm. That is like one of the main things that's withheld in prison. They're like, you cannot have sex. You're one for one of your main freedoms is to have sex, and you can't do it. Yeah, unless you're yeah. unless you're gay, and then you have someone who is also gay and likes you, then go for it. But... Absolutely, absolutely. But... Yeah. Yeah, prison's so hard for straights. I can't even imagine. See, this is why they need group therapy, like just to express their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like why why have death rates when you can have group therapy? Yeah. That's (laughs) it evolves. It evolves into like a therapy show, like a like a round table, like a like a um was it like a housewives reunion type <laughs> thing where they just sit around and with like their mimosas and <laughs> yeah they're like this is my problem with you and cell block three the other day you did not bring me my cigarettes i asked for and i don't like that about you whatever that's 
my housewives talk. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Gunner also notes that Machine Gun Joe has men because he's gay, but that's kind of the joke, you know, and also it's a very like outdated joke. Liz mentions that he just goes through so many of them. Uh, they also tell him about the other men that he'll be competing uh, aside from Machine Gun Joe. He also is going to compete against Slavo Plachenko, which he just met. Uh, Hector Grimm, who is known as the Grim Reaper. Uh, Travis Colt, who is some white guy. And 14K, who is um, an Asian guy who was the only like prisoner of everyone who actually went to college and he went to MIT and they go further into his story a little bit more that he is here because he was using his like education to kind of like embezzle I think that's what like you got the embezzlement from yeah somebody has to in any kind of prison movie there has to be an embezzler it's like such a classic crime Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, a lot of people do it (laughs) A lot of people, yeah. I wonder how many people don't get caught. I mean, I feel like that there's going to be a time, like if you're embezzling, I think there's going to be a time where it will come out one way or another. Yeah. There's be a record keeping and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So while talking, Machine Gun Joe walks up to the group claiming that Frankenstein may not be coming, but Jensen assures that he will make a full recovery. And the next day, Jensen and the drivers get ready for the first stage of the race. And then there is like a five-minute montage, like slow-motion montage of five women arriving Mm -hmm. out of this. Like (laughs) It was just like slow-motion, close-up on their, you know, boobs and, you know, bouncing and just, you know, walking sexy and... (laughs) Yeah, nothing to say to that. They're just, no. it's egregious. Yes. Uh, so Case enters the car and Coach notes to Jensen that he could take off the mask because at this time he's wearing Frankenstein's mask. And he also notes that, oh, since no one can't see through the windows of the car, he can take it off. And then when he does... Uh, Case claims that just Jensen looks more handsome than the previous one. Yeah. Just the seed of their relationship, their budding romance. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, Hennessy stands in the media room where they note to the audience that the death race will start in 10 minutes. And they kind of do like an ad that for $99, you can watch the first race or you could pay $250 for all of the races. Mm-hmm. Pay-per-view. And yes. Very oh. UFC fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was, was a thing. That was a thing. Then it brings up the winners, um, Frankenstein, Machine Gun Joe, before uh, St. Travis and Slavo's name. And then they continue on with like random names. And Yeah. And then at first, Jensen um, is rough at the start of the race. Once it begins, um, he has kind of like a rough time trying to get up ahead. Um, 
but he starts to get better once Case tells him a couple shortcuts. And Jensen tries to hit Machine Gun Joe's car on the side, but Case and Coach warn him not to do that because, you know, first off, Machine Gun Joe's car is super big and it's just like, there's no point. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jensen gets away after going through a shortcut and right about the time that they're going into their second lap, Hennessy decides to activate the sword shield and death heads. Um, so Machine Gun Joe uses um, the sword to shoot uh, the Grim Reaper, but the Grim gets a shield and douses uh, Machine's car with oil stalling the car. And Grim then gets a sword to shoot at another driver. However, the driver uses spikes, causing Grim's tires to get popped. Then, sorry, then 14K uses his missile, blowing Grim's car. And then uh, 14K had like the best line in my in my opinion. He says, "Do you know my name? 14K. That's my name." <laughs> It was just, like, so funny. (laughs) So Grim, his car is, like, totaled. And he luckily gets out of the car a little injured, but still okay. He makes his whole speech that he claims that he cannot be killed because he's a Grim Reaper. And he says that right before Machine Gun Joe hits him with his car and basically decapitating him. Uh, so Machine and Travis then go after Jensen. Case tries to use one of the defense once they get the shield. However, for some reason, the like the devices wouldn't work. Like they couldn't use their oil or their spikes or their smoke for some reason. Yeah, I think Hennessy was uh, sabotaging them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it does. Which later... I don't, do they? Yeah, they yeah, do. Later like... explains it. Mm-hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, so coach notes to Jensen that the tombstone will not last long because at this point the tombstone is getting so much um, attack from uh, Machine Gun Joe's and Travis's ammo Uh, so Jensen decides to use the release yeah he decides to use the emergency release of Case's seat and they put the napalm tank in its place and Case kind of sits on top of uh, Jensen. They launch it up into the air while they're going through this warehouse causing it to hit one of the beams and it lands on top of Travis's car and Case uses the cigarette lighter uh, to ignite the oil and it's one of those where it's like you push it and then mm-hmm. you have to wait a few seconds before it pops up and it <laughs> it's it's a hot sequence. It's a hot sequence. He's like, get over here on this lap, and then boom. <laughs> so yeah. ingenious. So ingenious. Uh so yeah, Case uses the cigarette lighter and throws it to Travis's car, killing Travis. And just on the last turn, machine takes a shortcut. Case advised to punch it to avoid him. However, as they're passing Plachenko's car, Plachenko gives Jensen the trigger uh, finger gesture. And it was the same one that was used by his wife's killer. 
so Jensen becomes too focused on Plachenko that uh, machine gun Joe's car bulldozes Jensen's car, causing him to finish in last place. And for some reason in these races, it's more of like as long as you make it through or you survive, you can move on to the next round. It's not like whoever is like the top eight or whatever can move Mm -hmm. on to the next round. So he still moves on to the next round and they have 16 hours um, to repair the car and add in other stuff before the next race. Yeah, which is something that never comes up. Like they never, there's never a, um, there's never damage from a previous race that like affects the next race. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. So it's just like, they're like, you have 16 hours and then everything is perfect. I'm like, I think a car would take, a car that's been riddled with so many bullets would take a little longer to fully prepare, but. Yeah. Whatever, missed opportunity on the writer's part. Yeah. Uh, so back at the machine shop, Gunner finds out that the oil di- does work while Case states that Jensen was distracted at the last turn. Jensen also tries to follow Plachenko. However, one of Hennessy's guard stops him. And Jensen then meets up with Hennessy, who tells her that he will not race tomorrow. And she allows her guard um, to remove Jensen's shackles and leave them alone. And then Hennessy kind of brings up pictures of his daughters and pictures of like these like two random people be like, oh, these will be your your daughter's new parents. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then he makes his- He's playing on his good dad. Yeah. And She's then- playing on his dad, whatever. I don't know. I have nothing nothing to say today. I'm like, I'm struggling. Oh, no (laughs) worries. Yeah. Uh, So she's so bad. She's so bad. Hennessy. Jensen decides to be like, you want a monster? Well, you got one. Again, bad dialogue, but let's move on. (laughs) Uh, So later, Coach meets up with Jensen. Uh, they talk about why he went to prison, but uh, he states that he doesn't want to leave because when he did try to leave, he he kind of had this like form of PTSD uh, that some prisoners get when they leave like the prison. Um, so that's why he hasn't left. Um, yeah, that was kind of a sad tale. He was like the world's moved on in yeah. a way, which I'm like, that is... I think how a lot of prisoners feel coming out of prison is that. Oh, yeah. Especially like ones that have, that weren't outside of prison before like 2008, like before like Facebook and social media yeah. came out. Yeah. That'd be a lot to, it's like, you know, not that I'm, I'm sure they're not like completely unaware of it, but it's like to have only watched it and never used it would be so difficult. Yeah. Uh, He also states that Jensen uh, being in prison for murder, for murdering his wife is complete bullshit, aka he he knows that Jensen didn't do it. Later that night, Machine Gun Joe reads the Bible as he nicks his face with another cut since he killed Reaper. And his thing is that he scratches his face with like a razor blade whenever he kills someone. So yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, his victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just to just to go back to like coach saying you did not kill your wife. Of all people that I would believe have killed their wife, I think Jason Statham's character in this movie, I would believe that he did. Like I believe Jensen did. He's so quiet. He's so uh, well muscular and like stoic. I'm just like, yeah, he seems like a murderer. Oh, really? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what coach sees in him where he's like, no, you didn't kill her. Like you're too, you're too sweet. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say like he's sweet. I feel like that is like I feel for coach like he's he's encountered a lot of people who have murdered people that i think since mm-hmm. he is aware of like personalities that he knows that jensen didn't do it maybe it's that okay i mean yeah that's all yes i'm, I'm sure you're right but personally looking at jensen i'd be like yeah he killed his wife look at him he's so quiet he's so scary <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's, like, a good argument. Like, not, not like, you know, den- denouncing it or, like, not disagreeing with it. Because there are, like, yeah. serial killers and even killers. I mean, look at Liz. Like, he's someone that isn't a murderer, but yet he did murder his mom, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him, I guess it's, like, maybe an, un- an instability and that's what Jensen doesn't have. He has like a lot of stability in his character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a telltale thing. Yeah. So Jensen uh, works on the car while Liz notes um, to take some rest uh, before the next race. And he was like, no, I'm going to continue working on the car. But then Plachenko walks by and then he's like, oh, you know, I really think I should like take a rest. Mm-hmm. So he stops like doing what he's doing. And then he follows Plachenko and he continues to follow him before Plachenko's men tackle him. Like it was kind of like around this corner in another room. And they hold him up for Plachenko. And as Plachenko goes to hit Jensen's hand to kind of like break him from being able to race, uh, Liz stabs him in the back with his fountain pen. And Liz uh, distracts Plachenko and his men enough for Jensen to take over. And Jensen goes to kill after scuffle but both are tased by the cops uh, that just miraculously show up uh, claiming that they want they that they should wait until track time to kill each other much love that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that morning the men returned to their shop to find the area that the cops were using to build this mysterious object because at the machine shop there's um there was like this one part of the warehouse that was completely blocked out and was covered with like these sheets but they didn't know what it was and when they came back it was open but nothing was inside it so they don't know what yeah that was a really good shot or a very eerie shot because you saw sort of like the insides of what looked like a boat manufacturing um, yeah. thing or something like there are like, you know, three levels. It's all scaffolding around. There are lights on. Um, 
yeah really eerie really eerie. yeah and it was super long like they like kept like pushing like pulling back and it was yeah continued yeah and eventually it's like what could it be what's long and drives and yeah let me think about that uh so jensen um does five pull-ups in his cell before a guard tells him to get ready which is kind of funny <laughs> like like it, it was almost like the director was like okay like when i say action just like start doing pull-ups and then on the fifth one we'll like tell you to stop like that's how it felt mm-hmm. uh <sighs> yeah I wonder how many pull-ups Jason Statham could really do just in a given moment. Just, Oh, I mean, I would say like maybe 30 to 50. I was just at 35. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I wouldn't say like, it's like 70 or a hundred. I feel like that he would. No. Yeah. I feel like you get to a point of exhaustion and. Mm-hmm. I think 30 would be like, it's like, that's a lot. That's tiring. Especially because he probably weighs a lot because he's got all muscle. But, you know, anywho. Uh, so during the next race, Jensen decides to drive normal. Like he, he, he basically allowed everyone else to go. And then he waited mm. like 10 seconds before going. I loved that moment because <laughs> playing car games, like car racing games, whenever you're, you're usually supposed to be going like super fast and like, drifting around corners and sometimes i will just drive like a normal ass person through the map i'll be like and that's what that felt like <laughs> where i was like la 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 and i'm a non-playable character in this world that scene tickled me yes um yeah so it's a, like and i guess like it's kind of like going off of like frankenstein from the original movie where he wasn't doing what everyone else was doing uh, like instead of running over the elder, he would run over the nurses and the doctors who put the elder on the street. That was, yeah, that was a wild. This is from Death Race 2000, just for yeah. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, a scene where there's a hospital. I don't know to explain it, whatever. Sorry. So uh, Jensen asked Case if he killed Frank, um, claiming that, oh, like she sabotaged his um car uh killing Mm -hmm. him and case like without hesitation she's like yes um and tells him that yeah hennessy told her that she will be given an early release if she altered his defense and once she tells him he uses the uh nitrogen oxide five to catch up with everyone and he goes after plachenko and he gets in front, takes a sword, flips his car, and drives backwards and begins shooting Plachenko's car. And mm-hmm. when Case tells him that Plachenko has better armor than his car, Jensen flips the car back and activates the smoke after he passes the shield. And this causes Plachenko to lose sight and basically run into this beam. Uh, He does make it out, but he's, like, severely injured. And Jensen stops his car, gets out of the car, and then just casually walks up to Plachenko 
And Plachenko is like, no, it was Hennessy. Like, it's not me. And he's like, I don't care. And then he just snaps his neck, killing him. Which, what a weird skill for a steel worker to have. Yeah. Like the ability to just snap someone's neck. You don't just, you don't just know that. You learn that. Why did he learn that? I I have no idea. Because he's a killer. Because he's a killer. And the coach is wrong. He's obviously a killer. Oh. Oh, maybe this is like all of like him creating this whole idea that he was innocent but he's actually a killer that would make sense i would love that if that was the reveal it's like he actually did it all and i love that i love that an unreliable protagonist Mm, delicious (laughs) different movie art house different movie yes uh so and then he does this like really long stare at one of the cameras because he knows that Hennessy is watching and then he just goes mm-hmm. back into his car. And meanwhile, Wait, machine- can I just ask, was he wearing a mask? This, yeah. He wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, he, he put it. He, uh, he put on the mask uh, when he got out of the car. So, oh, OK, 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 cool. Yeah. Just double checking. <laughs> I did watch this movie. I do not remember the details. I remember when the mask was on or off. Yeah, it's always off when he's inside the car and then when he's not in the race. Yeah. Because he still was holding his identity because that'd probably be just like immediate. She'd kill him. (laughs) Yes. She'd be like, who's this man? This isn't Frankenstein. (laughs) Even though nobody knows, he could ostensibly be Frankenstein. Yeah, that's true. Machine Gun tries to get a sword because he sees Frankenstein like out of his car and he's like, oh, I could just shoot him and kill him right now. But... Hennessy deactivates the sword, causing Machine Gun not to be able to kill him. And frustrated, he kicks his partner out of his car. And uh, meanwhile, Hennessy decides to release her truck, which is armored with everything. You got like tanks, you got mm-hmm. machine guns, RPG, spikes. Yeah, everything. Yeah. It's a big, scary looking thing. It is an 18, 18 wheels of death yes (laughs) uh so most of the drivers including 14k all are killed uh leaving machine gun and jensen alive and jensen then uh asks liz to patch him with machine gun uh via walkie talkie and asks um if they could like work together to take down the tanker and they make it to the death head in time to release the trap destroying the tanker and then ian mcshane states now that's entertainment yeah because these death heads are uh things that pop out of the ground with like spikes facing the oncoming vehicles so yeah the the tank the truck tank truck tank going into one of those absolutely crazy just flips over itself explodes on impact i can't remember the exact like special effects but i feel like you see the crumple of it it is it's glorious it was absolutely glorious oh yeah uh, was that a, do you think that was a practical effect oh my mm, god i think it's like a mixture i think like it, it was a little bit of practical effects but then i also feel that some of it was cgi because i don't think that because there were like guards on top of the car like the truck but I kind of felt yeah like they probably that, didn't yeah like I think they kind well, that's, of yeah 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 dressed it up dressed it up with dramatic flair 
so the men returned to the prison after finishing the race uh, with inmates cheering them on because like they defeated Hennessy with her tank. And later that day, Machine Gun stops by to confront Jensen that he is Frankenstein, that he is just someone that's playing Frankenstein because the real Frankenstein is dead. And the head... He knows. He knows. Yeah. And before Jensen could explain... uh, Sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before... Jensen could explain the head guard uh, asked Hennessy what would they do about Jensen because they're like in her little lair and <laughs> and she states that that she will kill him because it's just a mask and the next day Hennessy makes a speech to the prisoners while her head guard plants a bomb under Jensen's car and during this speech Jensen realized that no one is going to get out of here um and a coach then then shows him a clip of Grimm's speech during the race and pauses at a particular spot that we cannot see before asking to add more gas into his into his tank to Gunner And Jensen then goes to Machine Gun, who makes a speech about how he wants to get out of here. And Jensen then states that he should talk to Frank in person, a.k.a. him. (laughs) Uh, So before the race, Hennessy visits Jensen, who offers him a deal to stay as Frank. Uh, She then questions if he can provide her the provide his daughter daughter. Uh, the best life she deserves before leaving. And during the last race, the head guard alters the race by deactivating the sword and shield for Jensen, but activating it for Machine Gun Joe. And Jensen and Case struggle to avoid Machine Gun Joe as he showers them with bullets. He tries to use uh, the tombstone trick but fails this time because like yeah machine gun isn't that stupid like (laughs) (laughs) uh as it seems that nothing is working machine gun joe uses one of his rpgs and shoots in front of jensen but it makes it look like that it's aiming towards jensen and jensen braces for impact and him and machine gun just escape because what actually happened was that joe aimed towards this particular wall that was already damaged and it was able to break it apart enough for them to go through the wall yeah which they saw they saw on the video of uh what's his name getting killed yeah the grim the grim yes they were like that wall looks thin and breakable we're out yeah because it was just like sheet metal basically yeah yeah because i know the camera like panned up and then they saw that which that that's so weird that like they use footage like like film footage as the television show footage yeah because then it just like begs the question it's like where are these cameras at why are (laughs) they seeing this and that you know it's just one of those moments it's kind of uh suspend i don't know 
pulls me out of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so upset, Hennessy orders all of her officers to shut down the stream as they send as much police as they can to take down Machine Gun Joe and Jensen. And she tries to use a bomb her um, her head guard placed in Jensen's car, but it cuts to Coach Gunner and Liz being like just like kind of hovering over the bomb and it's kind of implying that coach found the bomb before the race started and disarmed it and then he makes this comment it's like yeah no one puts a bomb in my car <laughs> yeah hot line really memorable right there yeah people are gonna be uh, saying that for years <laughs> this is gonna be a classic <laughs> <laughs> Um, as Jensen and Machine Gun drive across this bridge, because what how the prison is set up, it's basically there's only one way in and one way out, and it's this like super long bridge um, to this mm-hmm. island. So Jensen orders Case to pull the lever, uh, <laughs> and she does, releasing a barrel of gas towards the police cars that are behind them blowing them up and coach then uh tells jensen that he has enough gas to make it to the finish line aka like away from safety uh and then he makes a comment bon voyage friend that's his final words bon voyage yeah to him but there's more for for (laughs) for coach Yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah no coach does have a fun little moment a fun little beat after that yeah. Uh, so the cars make it through the fence uh, before Jensen bids Machine Gun Joe good luck. And they separate while the helicopters follow Jensen by the orders of Hennessy herself. Uh, Jensen warns Case if she wants to follow through with the plan. And she agrees, saying that she's already has her re- release papers. And Jensen without making it seem like oh this is like a shocking twist you could tell that he rolls out of the car while case continues to drive with uh frankenstein's costume and mask and it gets to a point where i think like she stops driving or she like makes it to like a barrier or something that she can't get through so the helicopter is hovering over the car and they ask like whoever that's inside to get out and case comes out as frankenstein and they capture her while jensen and machine gun joe meet up like several yards away from the car and joe mentions that he's going to miami hence the hawaiian shirts that he just so happens to pull out from his ass (laughs) He's like, I've been sitting on these for seven years in prison. Finally. Yes. <laughs> been waiting. So Jensen notes that he will join him once he picks up his daughter. And back at Hennessy's office, the head guard notes that Frank is back in custody and the ratings are through the roof. And he gives her a gift, um, one of the executives left behind. And he states, you win again. And she's like, I always win. And she opens the gift 
revealing it to be a bomb that she mm-hmm. tried to place it in Jensen's car. And somehow uh, Coach finds out and as she's opening it, he activates the bomb, killing both Hennessy and the guard. And Coach then looks at the camera and states, I love this game. Right to camera. Like, right to camera saying that as if it would mean something. Yeah. And I'll tell you, <laughs> what? Yeah, because it's just, like, so weird because, like, he didn't do that to his other uh, lines, you know? It was just weird. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a very, well, I feel like it was, like, it's supposed to be cheeky. It's like, wow, you've been so stressed throughout this entire movie. Let's just, like, give you a fourth wall break to calm you down, audience. And I don't think the movie earned a fourth wall breaking moment. Yeah. I was like, it didn't, I don't know what it would have had to do to earn it. I don't think it did it. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was clever enough to be like, oh, you got us. You got no. that turn. Who, who are we in all this? Like, question <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, so another six months later and 2000 miles later, I guess is to pay like an homage to the original movie machine gun joe and jensen are working on a car in mexico just then a car comes up and it's just like like this like really spanking new i think it's like a mustang it's like a gray mustang and it heads straight towards them and it stops and someone gets out and it's revealed that's case and after five minutes of slow motion montage again, because... again women, get, women getting out of vehicles, so yeah. sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she claims that it took a while to get her release papers through. And Jensen is like, oh, okay, just one second. He kind of like walks over to the car that they were working on and mm-hmm. he pulls out his daughter, who was like in the front seat. Then sitting in a hot car, just like hopefully the windows are down, but who knows, just baking on this like leather. And she's like, I'm a baby, I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) Third degree burns. So he's like, oh yeah, let me show you my daughter. And then she's like, oh my God, like she's so cute. And then uh, (laughs) she comes up. Oh my God, I'm her new mom. (laughs) I didn't know I wanted this actually. Yeah, like what if if she thought that he was just like a single guy that, you know, just murdered his wife? Yeah, (laughs) she's like, look, I know we said a lot in the heat of battle, but I don't want to mother this child. I just got out of prison. I'm young, babe. I'm wearing cowboy boots. Let me have fun. I'm not the mothering type. I'm wearing cowboy boots and a spaghetti strap. Like, this is not here to nurture. (laughs) Famously, not a mother. Yes. Machine gun is more focused on the car because he's like, oh, how many horsepower does this car has and then she's like oh yeah like it has like this money like and then they're just like jizzing over this car (laughs) (laughs) how many horsepower does this have so many horsepower Uh, torque 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 yeah cars she's like she's a hot car girl we love that mechanic girl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so as the three talk about uh case's car then there's this like voiceover of Jensen stating that someone once asked me, did I think I was, I was the best future for my little girl? 
no mm-hmm. one in this world is perfect. I know I'm not, but I love her more than anything else in the world. In the end, that's all that matters. What a sloppy finish. What a sloppy finish. Like, is that tied to barely tied to anything previous in the movie? It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Just like insert standard statement about love and child rearing. Yeah. And uh, then it cuts to black. And then there's like kind of like this quick like um, note saying like, oh, like these were driven by professionals please don't do this at home please for the love of god we don't want to get sued and then it cuts to credits and that's the end of the film clapping applause what a good film it was what a what a man what an okay film it was yeah Mm. yeah uh so what did you think about the film um i mean let's see I think overall, overall, and this is from the first time I watched it was, I believe as like a teen, um, or I guess 2008 as a, yeah, a teen. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like it lived up to the concept or like the marketing of it, because I remember being very excited about this movie. Like mm-hmm. I was ready for um, high octane, like very, I don't know, like, I <laughs> can I say let me think about this for one second sorry let me formulate words I don't know it felt like it was weirdly lacking in the racing department like it didn't feel like a movie about racing necessarily yeah um again it didn't matter who came in first or last or whatever it was just like a survival um Mm -hmm. thing and yeah I guess I wanted to be more about the race more about like the tactics and like strategies of driving or um just better better stunts i would have liked better stunts overall yeah does that answer that question how do i feel about it or like yeah yeah okay i mean from for me i i kind of agree with you i kind of feel like that the way that they marketed it it made it seem like oh like it's like going to be this very like gory like very action-packed film Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and then it's like, oh, so we don't really have a lot of like um, stakes, like high stakes. And we also don't have a lot of races because it's like, whatever happens, you'll still like, if you just pass the finish line, you'll make it to the next one. I think like if maybe yeah. they're like, okay, like the first race, um, the f- top, like, five people uh whoever passes the finish line will move on to the next round i think that would have been cool because like that would be interesting Mm -hmm. like what would they do for the people who are like in sixth or seventh place and they didn't make it you know yeah yeah um and yeah like i just kind of felt that it was a lot of like just a lot of saying a lot of like people just like uh dropping in like these weird like Mm -hmm, (laughs) one-liners that mm -hmm. had like that had like no sense and then they kind of threw in like oh like he has a daughter and he wants to be with her but it didn't seem like that there was enough 
backstory or enough like uh, moments that we could be like oh, okay so he really does love his daughter like he really truly yeah he was very very much like a stock dad going through a hard time like we knew he was broke mm-hmm. and I feel like that's all we knew it's like you didn't connect with your daughter also throughout the entire time he's in the prison he doesn't talk about her really no. yeah no he's not like He's not like holding her picture. I mean, like, not that I like, a, I wouldn't like a scene of him, you know, sitting on his bedside holding a picture of her, like up to a candlelight that's over the top, but a little more being like, oh, why do you like your daughter? Not why do you like your daughter, but like, why do you yeah, yeah, yeah. so bad? Um, which again, this is like going back to Jace, his character. Um, I'm like, he could be a psychopath. He could be a murderer because he didn't, he didn't show many, much humanity throughout the entire film. He was very yeah. like, stony and stoic yeah i mean that would have been cool if like there was like that twist that we were talking about that it turns out that he actually did kill his wife and that he is just having this image that he was the innocent person of the situation um yeah i don't know no i think i feel like if i don't know the, the the audience would have been smart enough for that and that would have been a good layer like a good um that would have made the movie more worth it yeah i guess i guess his character more interesting to be like oh he's um psychotic like we've been following the psychotic car racer yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean i would like uh i do like that they updated some of the things compared to the original one um Mm -hmm. Because I'm really glad that they updated to where, like, okay, this is, like, a prison uh, setting and that this is going to be, like, a pay-per-view type of event. Yeah. Because um, it still, like, relates to the original one where it's, like, about, like, people loving violence and wanting to see gore and violence. So I, I like it that they updated uh, the script a bit. I just kind of felt like that it did lack some of the important things that makes the action film, uh, especially like a exploited action film like this or what this should have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm glad they, they scaled it down in a way from the original because the original was so huge and was like, so trying to portray this different reality where people wanted to see like innocent bystanders get killed. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's taking like a huge leap. Whereas like thinking people will just want to watch almost gladiator type stuff. That's not a huge leap because people have done that, which also question for you. Do you think you would have watched gladiator stuff as like an, a Roman back in the day? Uh, I think I would probably get bored like pretty quickly. I think I would just like, <laughs> like I would okay. watch it one time and then I'll be like, Oh, okay. But then if I watch it a second time, I think I would probably get bored. And then okay. I'll probably be more focused on just like taking a hike in Pompeii before the volcano explodes. <laughs> okay, so you were more of a nature lover. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about I hate you? To say it. Oh, I would have been so into it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm like that drama of being like, how are they going to do this? I would have, I hate to say I would have not loved it, but I would have found it quite interesting. Like, yeah. that would be a good day going to the Coliseum. Oh, and question, if mm-hmm. 
if um, the gladiator events, if they kind of are more like WWE, where it's mm-hmm. very scripted and very like soap opera-y, would you like it? Mm-hmm. No, because I'd want to see the actual like fight for your life type stuff. Yeah. Because I think like the like the visual of just watching fighting, not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to Death Rays, have you watched what are they called? Oh, I don't know what the name of this is, but I'm thinking of like old cars that they just like race in like not coliseums, but in like stadiums and they're all in the dirt and they just kind of like plow into each other. Oh, uh, derby cars. Yeah. I think that's yeah. derby cars. Yeah. How do you feel about derby cars? Would you? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I would love it. Like I also love monster trucks, uh, in a, do you some really odd, yeah because like one time i was at the la county fair uh with my mom and mm-hmm. it was like really hot uh outside so we wanted to take a break so then we went into this shaded area we're just like this like stadium mm-hmm. type of um thing yes and then while we were waiting all of a sudden a monster truck event happened and we just decided uh-huh. to stay and watch. And I thought it was so cool. I was like, wow. Like, even though I'm like someone that's like, yes, I think we should like get off fossil fuels. I still like, For sure. I still like the event. And I thought it was cool. Oh, the, the first electric monster truck will make waves. And it's going to be that fucking, that, you know, what is that one? That grim, like the green one. I don't even know, like the oh. green and purple one. Oh, I think it's called like the either the Undertaker or like the Grim Reaper. I think the Grave Digger, isn't it? The Grave Digger. The Grave Digger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be that one. It has to be that one. Grave (laughs) Digger EV. Um, That's like the OG. No, Monster Trucks. Trucks. It is. It's recognizable. There are not, I don't think any other recognizable truck except the Grave Digger. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that is a very fun, it's a very fun spectator sport. Like that's, it's good to be in the audience, not so much on TV. On TV, you sort of lose like the, yeah. the enormity of it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a lot, like you have to be there live to experience it because like you get yes. like the feeling of like the the loudness and the shaking of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, I don't know, it's just very invigorating. Yeah, see that's like, that's, um, I think I would like Death Race if I were there live watching it. Yeah. But watching it on TV, I'm like, this is not that exciting. Yeah. Unless you didn't have crazy camera angles, apparently, which apparently they did. Apparently <laughs> the camera was on track. Was like, I mean, they had what, like 300 and like something cameras all over the place. <laughs> is that what they said on in the... Yeah, I think that there were like... Covering? Yeah, there's like we were covering every single angle, minus oh, inside okay. the car because you know Frankenstein couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> for his, they're all very private. They're prisoners, after all. I don't know. It was just like it, but apparently it fully made back its budget. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was like a hit because I think like if it was like a sixty-five million dollar budget, I think they would have made like. 12 million in profit so it's not a success yeah but at least like it it did something yeah it made back to money it didn't flop hard yeah which 
I don't know. I don't think if it came out today, maybe it would. I feel like it'd be such a different situation. Like I feel weirdly enough, I feel like they'd get a more prestigious like director on it. Yeah, I think like because I think as much as like Paul was yeah, Paul W. S. Anderson is pretty good with Resident Evil. I kind of feel like he's like one of those directors that just makes movies but tries not to like go above and beyond if that makes sense yeah i mean no offense i mean like hey like you do you yeah that's how weirdly that's how i felt about edgar wright in the last nine soho which i just watched i was like he is going he makes a very sufficient film but i'm like he's not i don't feel like he's pushing any envelope or not having like necessarily an artist's agenda which yeah in a way refreshing i guess i'm like this is not it's not so self-aggrandizing yeah. It's not so masturbatory, which we love. So, yeah, Paul W.S. Anderson, just making a film, just out here making a film. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you want to talk about any of the characters? Like, did you have any comments on the characters? Well, Liz, I'm really shocked that he was a mother killer from hearing it from you because i i don't know why i skipped that over when i watched it i was like oh he just didn't because well, he makes lists of things like you know where to hide the money yeah and it's like weird because like i found out on wikipedia like mm-hmm. when they were like describing what the character is so oh. i'm not sure if he actually did say that oh yeah i killed my mom but that's yeah. That's what the Wikipedia page said. So you didn't, did you catch it during the movie? You were like, were you aware? I think he might have, I think he might have said something because I think like either Jensen or someone else like was like, oh, like, why are you here? Like, you're too nice. And then you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I killed my, I killed my mom. So I was like, yeah, no. Woof. Mental illness was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I did um, like Hennessy, especially Joe Allen, because it's just like such a weird like role for her to play in, especially for a movie mm. like this that isn't like Oscar winning or Oscar nominated film, you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just very odd. It felt like practice for her. She's like, I want to practice being a villain. And she, I should have looked her up about more what she's done, but she done anything. What'd she do after this? Um, I think like after this, like I feel like that she kind of slowed down on her career because I think she was pretty famous uh, during the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she kind of slowed down. Let me see. Okay, oh, so after Death Race, she did this one film called Hatchy, A Dog's Tale, and it's about that dog that after his owner died, that he still went to the train station to wait yes. for him. Yes. Yeah. That's not like uh, an internet story. That was like just an internet story that they turned into a movie. Yeah. I mean, like it, it actually did happen in Japan, but then for the American uh adaptation Mm -hmm. they had it i think in like seattle or toronto (laughs) and then they had loving cities yeah yeah and then they had richard gear 
as the lead. So the one who died. Yeah. Wow. And then hmm. after that film, she did the born legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the one with Jeremy Renner. And then she did a good marriage. Uh, which is, I think it's like a thriller. Um, it's like a novella of the same name by Stephen King adaptation. Wow. Uh, and then she was in Room, the one with Brie Larson. Who was she in Room? Sorry to like just go off on her. But who was she in Room? Uh, I think she was her mom. I mean, I, I hate to say it. That's why I was. What else would she be in that movie? Yeah, other than a mother. Yeah, she was the mom. Okay. And then, in terms of TV, uh, she played Georgia O'Keeffe, the painter, in this miniseries. Um, then she did Luck, which was a horse racing show that lasted for like one season. Uh, then she was in The Killing. Uh, I think she was in the last season as like the villain um and then she was in the family which is a 2016 uh thriller tv uh series Mm -hmm. that lasted for like one season so i think it was like a mini series Mm -hmm. uh and then she did a in her upcoming i think it's like either soon or oh it just passed so this year she did this one miniseries called Lizzie's Story Mm -hmm. and it's a it's based on a novel uh, by Stephen King of the same name Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah oh and then she did like a video game she did ah. the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Oh, big, big news. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can, I can imagine her in that. Yeah. Yeah, she has that type of voice, that very medieval, mm. like, I'm yeah. the queen. <laughs> I'm nobility of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she, you were shocked by her, or you were shocked at her in this role? Yeah, because, like, she's... Like, I know her from, like, a lot of, like, award-winning films, like The Crucible Mm -hmm. and, like, this other film that she was in. Um, And then also, I think, like, she was known for being nominated, like, three consecutive times for the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And then here she is in Death Race. Yeah. No knock on her. Whatever. Whatever. No. Yeah. She signed on and it was probably a different script. Yeah. yeah. Uh anything else that you want to talk about? Like any characters? Um, besides being mad about the gay bit not being gay. I don't think so. I'm like, I feel like I wish I had more to say about the cars, but it's just like such American american muscle like yeah well i mean the thing about the cars is that like they were all like black so you couldn't see what they were and also they were covered in like so much like 
you know yeah maybe okay 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 on this yeah you could not see the form of the car so it kind of like took away from whatever the designer did which is so frustrating as a car design lover um and two that does sort of separate like the reality from it where i'm just like these are they're not even cars they're tanks or whatever they're like they're different vehicles so i'm wondering if they had just made it like standard cars battling each other i think it would have been way better yeah that's it they kind of overdid it it's like too many guns too many you know explosive things just give us like car crashes that will kill each like that would have been yeah this needed a big dose of realism that's what i'm saying yeah yeah because i don't think that this like if this was real life i feel like something would have happened like either like the government would be like okay this needs to stop or you know like something Mm -hmm. would have come into mind yeah yeah i don't know like where's the jump from the economy is so bad that now we need to watch people killing each other in cars like what i don't know if that logic is like like there's a bridge that i haven't seen (laughs) wasn't built for me um to walk my mind over so you know weird premise I, you know, I don't know. If I was going to redo Death Race, I would make it much more realistic. I'd make it much more underground. Like, I'd make it more of a, yeah, like, more of a, you know, you have to pay a lot of money to come watch this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, just give it more realism. Scale it way down. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I think... um cut down on the whole like cheesy bad dialogue uh mm-hmm. cut down on the slow motion uh boob shots absolutely uh, too much and yeah just like maybe like have it to where like you have to make it across the line like in the top five or whatever in order to make mm-hmm. it yeah uh, because it just it just seems too easy you know mm-hmm. i don't know like it's like okay, he he his car stalled, so he should immediately get killed, you know. Instead of being like, oh, you survived, so you move on. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they. Well, I don't know. I'm like, maybe they should have made it a big, a way bigger track and made it more of like a 24 hour long race. Oh yeah, that would have been cool. I, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of there were a lot of like. There's a lot of stuff they could have drawn from that they did not. Yeah. Yeah, that's my final. That's my final bit because also I have ten percent battery, so I'm like, I have to have a final bit. Yeah, yeah. They they had a lot to draw on. They didn't use it, and um, I'm better than them. <laughs> no, I'm not. It was a fine film. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's the type of film that you can watch you know just to watch it like no critiquing or you know no like feeling like okay you're gonna learn something from this like it's just that type of film Mm -hmm. um but yeah and for that note i think that's it for this episode uh you can follow us on instagram at j-a-n-d-m underscore podcasts uh miles do you have any plugins um not right now no i'm an enigma cool uh 
If you like this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And thank you again for listening and hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.